Our scripture lesson today comes from Matthew 2, 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people to Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Friends, let's pray. Gracious God, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be found faithful in your sight. For you, God, and you alone are our rock, our light, and our redeemer. Amen. On Thursday night, I had a very meaningful phone call with a good friend of mine, and I don't know if you have a friend like this, but we don't talk very often, maybe once every other month, but, but when we do talk, I have to like prepare my heart for it, because we talk for like two or three hours at a time. Do you have a friend like that? <laughs> you don't talk very much, but when you do, you just, you go, you talk. And I love this man more than almost anybody on planet Earth, but I get annoyed at him because when he texts me and asks to call, he always says, hey, Dan, do you have a quick minute? And I know there is no such thing as a quick minute with Phil because it's always two or three hours. I think our longest was four and a half one time. But I was having this phone call. It was time for it. I was prepared. My spirit was ready. And after we got through the basics, talking about how was your Christmas and how was your New Year's Eve, we, we dove into the serious topics, and that's what me and Phil usually do. And, and we started talking about where it is in our life that we find meaning and purpose, where we find connection. And it was interesting because I began to tell him about how I find a lot of meaning and purpose in my job as, as I hopefully help people connect to God. 
And Phil, who is a wildland firefighter out in Bend, uh, Oregon, was telling me about how he finds his purpose and meaning in helping to protect lives and property from wildfires. He's been sent all over the country, into Canada, even to Alaska, uh, to fight all of these wildfires. And as we were talking about this and reflecting on the places where we find meaning and purpose, I, I began to think how interesting that there are so many ways that we can find that meaning and purpose, so many ways where we can find beauty and truth, so many ways where we can find community. Why do we need to follow Jesus if we can find it elsewhere? Now, Phil, uh, he's not a religious person, but he would call himself spiritual. And just last month, actually, the Pew Research Center came out with some new data on the religious and spiritual affiliations of adults in the United States. And they found, they asked 11,000 random adults, and they uh, found that nearly a quarter of adults in this country, 22%, identify as spiritual but not religious. It's a growing segment of our population. By the way, if you're curious, the number was 48% of people who identify as religious. Now, this is interesting to me, and, and this trend might not surprise you, uh, but I think it's indicative of the growing shift in the religious landscape of this country, and indeed our world, where I find people are maintaining an openness to spirituality but they are not connecting with the faiths that have traditionally been the vessels through which that spirituality is conveyed. Because there are so many ways in this interconnected world we live in where we can experience beauty and truth and wholeness and community and purpose. Why follow Jesus when you can just be spiritual instead? It doesn't seem like the wise men needed to follow Jesus. They just followed the stars. Now, we actually don't know much about the wise men. Uh, sometimes we call them wise men. Sometimes we call them kings. Uh, in truth, they were probably astrologers from the Far East, probably somewhere in Persia. We don't know if there were three. There might have been more. Uh, but they were spiritual. They may or may not have been religious, but their spirituality was found in the stars. And as the story goes, there was one night where something happened in the stars. We don't know what, but something caught their eye. And these spiritual people from the east wondered what it was all about. And so they set out on an unknown path to an unknown land to figure out what it could be that the star was pointing to. And as it just so happened, the stars were pointing to Jesus. Now, there are metaphorical stars all around us if we have eyes to see them. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon or visited the Rocky Mountains or if you've ever gazed upon a Kansas sunset, you know that the natural world is full of majesty and beauty that reveals to us God's creativity and points us towards eternal truths. 
Scholars sometimes call this natural revelation because it is a way that God is revealing God's character to us in the very characteristics of nature. Over Christmas, uh, I was binge-watching a Netflix show. Uh, It was one of those nature shows, you know, where they go around and they show you how the animals live. And this particular show was about bears. And, and so I was learning about bears, and they were telling a story of a mother black bear who was hibernating with her four cubs. Now, I knew that bears hibernated during the winter, and I'm still trying to figure out why humans don't do the same. Um, but what I didn't know was that one of the reasons why bears eat so much during the summer, right, to gain so much weight for the winter is so that they can produce milk to feed their cubs. And there was this wonderful image. I don't know how they got this, but the the camera was inside the den, and the mother bear was fast asleep, and her four newborn cubs were drinking milk from her, and they were being taken well care of. And they fast-forwarded to the spring, and the mother came out of the den, and she had lost over half of her body weight the majority of that going to producing milk to feed her cubs. So as she came out of the den, nearly skin and bones, her cubs were healthy and happy. And I thought to myself, wow, what a wonderful image from the natural world of the sacrificial love that parents have for their children. And how does this not point us to the sacrificial love of God that sustains us? I also think of when the leaves change colors in the fall. Back in October, we talked about this, right? How we often find so much beauty in the changing colors of the leaves. And yet we know that those leaves are dying. What an eternal truth that is sometimes most difficult to grasp. That there can be beauty even in death because death is not the end, it is only the beginning of new life. The leaves bear witness to this, but it's pointing to something greater because the thing they're pointing to is Jesus. Because Jesus shows us through his life, death, and resurrection that death is not the end. Jesus shows us through the message he came to bear and the message he taught us about sacrificial love. Friends, I think Jesus still matters. And Jesus matters because every source of beauty and truth and goodness and wholeness and wisdom in this world is pointing us towards Christ. Just like the Magi followed the stars and it led them closer to Jesus, if we follow these signs, these stars, we will be led closer to the most ultimate and satisfying truth of God's love for us, and it is made known in Jesus. Have you ever thought about why the wise men don't go first to Bethlehem, though? If you look back at the text in Matthew chapter 2, you'll see that they saw the star, and the star guided them, but they went first to Jerusalem. And when I was thinking about this this week, I became a little troubled. 
because on this day where we celebrate how God leads us and guides us through all the experiences of life, it's weird to me that God would not lead them directly to the truth of Jesus. Why do they take a detour? Now, from a historical perspective, I think they probably just knew that the center of power was in Jerusalem, so they saw that it was in the sky, and they went first to the capital city, right, because they knew that's where the action happened. But from a spiritual perspective, I wonder if they needed more than the star to guide them all the way to Jesus. The wise men journeyed far by the light of the star, but they miss Bethlehem because they don't yet have the full picture. They don't yet have the full revelation of God's good news. And if you look back in the scripture at verses 4, 5, and 6, you'll see that it's not until the priests and the scribes bring out the scriptures and they read a passage from Micah chapter 5 that the final puzzle piece comes together. And the wise men learn that the king of the Jews, the Messiah, the Savior of all people, is not born in Jerusalem, but born in Bethlehem. And so they set off and they finish the journey. And when they get to Bethlehem and they get to the manger, what do they do? They worship. They celebrate. Not the star that led them there, but the one it led them to. See, the wise men were guided by this natural revelation. They, they were in awe of the majesty of the stars, and it pointed them in the right direction. But they were missing the final piece. And the final piece, my friends, I believe is Jesus. Because Jesus is the ultimate representation of divine love born for us. The ultimate representation of divine love that would die for us. The ultimate representation of divine love that would raise again so that we would know nothing in life or in death or mountains or stars can separate us from the love of God. And everything points to it, even the mother bears. But don't miss that the religious people don't follow the wise men. They have the message, they have the revelation, the good news in their hands, but they don't hear it as good news. And so they don't go with the wise men to meet Jesus. They stay in Jerusalem, and the text tells us they, along with Herod, were afraid. And so here's good news for us, but there's also maybe a word of caution for the good news, I think, is that God will use any and all means in order to be found because God wants us to find him. But it takes an openness of heart like the wise men had to get there. And we can have the truth in our hands and still miss the point. Being religious is not the thing that transforms lives. Being open to God's spiritual transformation is. Friends, I think we are moving into an age, if we're not already there, where the people of God need to recognize that God leads us closer to Christ through all of the stars of life, through any wisdom, truth, and beauty that is not contrary to God's character. 
the natural world, psychology, philosophy, science, even other religions and spiritual traditions can and do point us in the right direction towards God. But these stars will only get us so far. For the stars that point us in the right direction are not the same thing as the thing the stars are pointing to. And I'm really excited for the small groups that we have coming up, um, some beginning next week with Alpha, some beginning in February. There's, there's one small group in particular that I want to tell you about, and it's a class on the Enneagram. And if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, it is an ancient personality tool that's been used by religious people and spiritual people for centuries to help them understand better who God created them to be and how they can best connect with God. It is one of the stars that I've used in my own life to understand how I can move closer to Jesus. And we're going to be having a six-week class on the Enneagram starting on February the 7th. It'll be led by Frank and Megan Waugh, who come to the 930 service. And friends, I consider them experts in this. They are rich in wisdom when it comes to the Enneagram. I'm going to be helping them a little bit too. And together, we are going to journey closer to Christ using the star of the Enneagram. But maybe if that's not for you, maybe you want to join in the Alpha course that starts on Wednesday. Or if you're a young adult, you want to join me and others beginning on the 21st of January as we begin to make sense of the Bible together. Whatever you do in this new year, I hope you will have the openness of the wise men, for their openness is the thing which had them follow the star. God wants to be found. And God wants to lead you closer to Christ. In just a few moments when you're invited to come up for communion, you'll have an opportunity to take a star word. And as we've already said, these words are yet another tool to help guide us and lead us closer to Jesus in 2024. Now, you might notice there are not many words left. We began with 400 this morning, and and I think we're going to run out. So I want to offer you two invitations. When you come up to receive uh, both communion and a star, you have the option of just turning over the star and seeing the word and then putting it back. And you can do that. I don't want to discourage you, though, from taking a star because that can be a powerful thing. Many people put these in a place where they'll see it every single day, so it's a constant reminder of how God is moving in and through and around this word. So take a star if you want one. If you happen to come up and there's no more stars, call us at the office or send us an email because we're going to be making more, and we'll mail one to you in the next few weeks. Okay? Whether you get a star today or you get it in the next few weeks, I hope you will use these tools, along with all the tools at your disposal, to follow Christ in 2024, to journey closer to the manger, and to discover that which the wise men did that day, that God is determined to be found and will use all the stars, all kinds of spiritualities to lead us closer. And in the end, we'll discover the gracious good news. Christ is born for us. Thanks be to God. Amen.